Hello, once again, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, we have a great new episode for y'all. I'm joined by Dr. Stephen Jones here at the University of Alabama, and I'm also joined by my partner, Muhammad. Dr. Jones, if you wouldn't mind giving a little introduction about before we get, excuse me, before we begin. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, again, yeah, I'm uh, Stephen Jones. I am, well, at this point, I kind of wear uh, a number of different hats. So I'm a professor of civil environmental and construction engineering here at the University of Alabama. Um, my uh, day job, so to speak, or my primary hat is um, I, um, I work with the Alabama Transportation Institute, um, which is a campus-wide institute that sort of oversees and manages, coordinates and all of the transportation research on campus. Um, in that role, I, I, I actually, my title is the deputy director. So um, I, you know, I help with kind of general operations, human resources personnel and, and coordinating some of our, our outreach. But the primary thing I do is um, oversee and administer the research portfolio. Um, Alabama Transportation Institute gets uh, $5 million a year from the state of Alabama to do transportation research to benefit the state. And so I oversee how we spend that money and what we do with it and what projects we work on. And part of that, um, is uh, we provide uh, specific uh, advice and guidance to the state legislature and politicians around the state. And we do that. So there's uh, the Alabama Transportation Institute and underneath that is the Transportation Policy Research Center. And so I am actually the director of that research center. And this is a pretty cool thing, right? Because it's not just, um, uh, you know, it's not just an engineering thing, because I think a lot of people think of transportation, oh, that's, that's engineering, civil engineering, roads and bridges, but there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it, uh, environmental impacts, you know, whether or not um, transportation resources, whether it's roads or safety programs or even public transportation, buses and that sort of thing, are these things being distributed around the state in a fair and equitable manner? We're not discriminating against any groups or any region of the state. Because, you know, there's always the, always the concern that the urban areas get more resources because there are more people, but then you don't want to leave out um, and, uh, the rural areas and not give them resources because they have to have safe roads and, you know, they have, they, you know, people in, in rural areas don't like potholes any more than people in, in urban areas. Right. Um, and then there are a lot of, uh, policy and legal issues, economic issues. One of the main things about transportation in the rural parts of the state is, is it's essential to economic development. That's how agricultural goods get 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 to market that's how you know we we in, in certainly southwest alabama there's a lot of uh logging and timber industry and you know those trees once they're cut down they don't just fly to sawmills they have to be they have to be driven on trucks and those trucks have to have proper transportation facilities roads and bridges um but then how all that gets paid for that's policy that's that's uh i mean one of the main things is taxation one of, the, one of the most important things that the Policy Research Center has done is uh, work with the state government to increase the gas tax in Alabama. Now, that we didn't do that because everybody likes taxes. We did that because the gas tax is how we pay for our roads and bridges, and that's how we fix potholes, and that's how we you know, put up traffic signals and red lights and things to make people safe. Um, so, so 
that's a long introduction to, to who I am, but I, I thought it was worth giving a little background also on, on, on the organization, both the Alabama Transportation Institute and then, and then it's, it's the subset of that that I run, which is the Policy Center. So, Yes, that was very important feedback. Thank you very much. Uh, Mohammed. I know that uh, you wanted to start us off. So if you wanna go ahead and ask a question here to Dr. Jones, you can start us off. Good afternoon, Dr. Jones. Howdy, sir. Good, good evening. It's close uh, enough. Um, I, I had a question. <clears throat> I've been, and I am with the, my major, I'm also major, focused on civil engineer. But my, my bigger question is, you know, these infrastructures, the roads, you know what I mean? Why do many, why do many um, people it's not focusing on the the um, the, the crime, the, the rise of big accident going on these roads, you know what I mean? And they're not taking initiative, but really focusing on other things that's not even related to the economy or the, um, the source of um, infrastructures to keep the um, foundation better. Well, you know, I, I don't want to be disagreeable, Muhammad, but but the fact of the matter is, is there is a lot of a lot of focus and a lot of uh, attention on on the safety aspects, on stopping some of these crashes. The problem is, is it's, and I, and I don't say this as an excuse. It's a really really complicated issue, um, and, and this goes back to policy. I mean, uh, one of the, you know, you know, I kind of kind of hate to say this, but the fact of the matter is. I can design a really great roadway. I can design a really great traffic signal, but I can't keep people from running red lights. I can't keep people from speeding. Um, where that happens is law enforcement. Well, um, how, 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 how do the law enforcement do that? Well, they can, um, they have to be out there. Police have to see people speeding. They have to, you know, they have to observe the behaviors that cause the crashes and help stop them. Problem is, you know, there's there's not enough there's not enough funding to put police on every roadway and every and every you know intersection. Um, so in in some areas in some states the 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 answer has been use technology. Let's put cameras up and and have cameras detect people speeding, have cameras detect people running red lights, and let the technology step in where where we can't put police. But then. But then sometimes we have uh, policymakers and politicians oppose that because they the concern is that um, that maybe you you could wind up violating privacy issues and things. So this is very complex stuff. So so in fact, people are working on this. Um, but even even the the building up the infrastructure to be to be safer, right? I mean, all of you no doubt have driven around the state, you know, and you drive. I mean, even on on the interstate on I twenty fifty nine, right? Uh, you'll see some guardrail, you know, the, the the metal railing there on the side that's meant to keep people from running off the road. Um, and 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 sometimes you'll see it; it's been smashed because somebody hit it, and it might stay that way for too long, right? That's not because people are being lazy or people don't care, it's because somebody's got to pay for that. Somebody's got to buy new equipment. Somebody's got to pay the people to go out and do it, which is the reason that we, that we work so hard to raise the gas tax. And, and one, of the, one of the most important things we've done with those additional gas tax 
dollars is 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 you know do projects to make roads safer. Now we haven't we haven't fixed every road in the state, um, but 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 we're we're making progress. But the problem is, even if we made every single road, every single intersection in the state foolproof. There's still too many fools out there, and 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 that is a really really difficult difficult thing to address. Now, other people will tell you that one day we're going to have autonomous self-driving cars, you know, robo cars, and uh, and and we won't we won't have crashes because you know the autonomous cars they they don't get distracted, they don't drive drunk. Um, if you program them not to speed, then they shouldn't speed, right? So some people think that, uh, you know, that eventually technology will solve this problem. And, and in some ways it will, it'll help, but, but there is no silver bullet. Very insightful feedback. Um, now, I want to direct back to uh, specifically your work through the uh, University of Alabama. Are there any current research projects that you're working on uh, through the university? Oh, man. I'm going to be a long podcast to go through all those, but, sure. <laughs> but, 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 but in all seriousness, right, there, there's, there, there's research that I'm personally working on, and then I have a whole team of people um, that work here at the Institute, a team of researchers, and then we have uh, faculty, other civil engineering faculty, computer science faculty, economics faculty that, that work with us. So, uh, you know, uh, a couple of sort of highlights, a couple of interesting things, right? Um, well, here, here's one that we're actually getting ready to start, right? So we act, we haven't actually started it yet. So we're actually putting in a, a pretty large proposal um, actually to the EPA, to the US Environmental Protection Agency um, on electric vehicles, right? And so obviously the Environmental Protection Agency, they're interested in electric vehicles because it's green transportation, it's cleaner, less carbon, all of that sort of thing. Um, and uh, we're interested because electric vehicles are transportation. Um, now, the, the, the issue is not just the vehicles, right? Because you can go to a dealership and buy an electric car now. And, and, and electric cars are only going to get better. Um, and, and, you know, the, the batteries last longer and all those things. One of the, one of the main issues and challenges with um, electric vehicles are the charging infrastructure. So it's great if you have a, a, an electric vehicle, but if you can't charge it, it's useless, right? So how do we know where to put charging stations? Again, if money weren't an issue, we would just put them everywhere. But somebody's got to do the analysis, do the math, understand where people go, where people drive, um, where they want to go. And then based on those travel patterns, we need to design a network of charging stations that can support those trips being made in electric cars. And then going back to some of the policy issues, we also have to do that in a way that's fair. Like we don't need to put all the charging stations, all the charging stations in rich neighborhoods outside of major urban cities. People in rural counties, uh, they have a right to access clean, green electric transportation, and they're going to need charging stations. Um, people in low-income communities, I mean, because eventually right now, uh, electric cars are, are typically, typically more expensive uh, than normal cars. 
but but the price is going to continue to go down. And eventually, after electric cars have been out there long enough, there'll be elect more electric cars in the used car market. So you will see low-income communities, low-income individuals buying electric cars, but only if they have charging stations available, right? So, so, so you get into this issue of equity. So it's not just engineering, but it's equity and it's being, it's being an inclusive society. And one of the things I always tell students is, I mean, focusing on equity and these type of issues is, is, is why we, it's why we're civil engineering because we want a civil society, right? It's civilization and we want to be civilized people and we want to take care of each other and we want to take care of all the different people that make up our society. And so this, this project that we're putting together to propose to the EPA is, is specifically on how to roll out charging stations to support electric vehicle usage in the most rural part of Alabama. So the Southwest uh, pr pretty much what's called the black belt of Alabama um, and, and, and how to um, how to support electric vehicles there. Other projects we have going on. Um, uh, well, uh, we have a project right now that uh, one component of it, it's 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 Internet, uh, Internet, I'm sorry, interstate uh, safety. So let's take I-2059. I mentioned the guardrails that get broken. One of the things we're looking at now is putting sensors in those guardrails, so if some, if someone hits one, immediately the, the guardrail knows that it's been hit and it's got a cellular phone connection and it calls headquarters and says, hey, I've been damaged, I need to be repaired. Because otherwise, the, the DOT, Alabama DOT and others, the only way they know these things have been damaged is if they physically go see them or a, or a driver sees it and calls them, but this is way of this is a way of creating smart infrastructure that detects its own damage and alerts others to 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 so that they know that they need it needs to be repaired. Um, we have other projects looking at, um, you know, very very detailed whether to use lidar or radar to control uh, autonomous vehicles. You know, um, some 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 sensing and de detection technology work better than others. I mean, obviously the um, uh, uh, autonomous vehicles will, will rely heavily on cameras, but in some cases, maybe the cameras, you know, I mean, what do you do when it's really foggy or really snowy or whatever? So you, and what if the camera goes out, you can't then have the car be blind. So you have to have redundant systems. You need cameras, you need radar, you need LIDAR, you need satellite, uh, uh, GPS positioning. So there's a lot of different systems engineering that, uh, issues that we're looking at. And then on top of all that, we've got to protect the cybersecurity because we don't want people hacking into the cars and making the cars do things we don't want them to. It is certainly um, a lot of work. Uh, oh, sorry, Mohammed, you may go ahead. Yeah. How are you doing, um, Dr. Jones again? Um, I had a question, sorry for that, Hoskin. Um, what, what advice would you give to KIT students on campus just to start about this research? What advice would you give them? Um, I mean, one thing would be to, uh, 
you know, I mean, and maybe it sounds obvious, but but do a bit of digging on 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 the university web pages. I mean, uh, I mean, for instance, um, ATI, Alabama Transportation Institute, ati.ua.edu, and from there you can see that's that's where pretty much because that that's our role is to coordinate all of the transportation research around campus, right? So 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 if you go there, then then you can get an idea of the kinds of projects we're working on, and you can see lists of of all the different professors all over campus who work in transportation. And so if you're in social work, right, if you're in the School of Social Work, um, we have professors in social work that I work with every day on transportation issues. Now, they don't do the engineering side of it, but you know what? I don't do the social side of it. And a very important part of transportation is supporting social activities. For instance, how do people in rural areas access mental health care. Well, if you don't have a car or you're not old enough to drive a car or you're, or perhaps you have a disability that doesn't allow you to drive a car, um, you may still need to access mental health or, or some other health care. Um, so, so that's a transportation issue. So you can find a professor on the ATI website, you can find a professor in social work who works on transportation issues. You can find professors in economics and of course, professors in electrical engineering, computer science, mechanical engineering, civil engineering, and all those areas where you would expect to find uh, professors um, working in transportation. But, but, but um, I mean, really the, the best place to start, kind of a one-stop shop, right, would be ati.ua.edu. Thank you, Dr. Jones. Um, I did have another question. So relating back to uh, what you were discussing earlier about the rise of electric vehicles, I know that um, there's been an increased popularity in public transportation, um, even some talks about the US one day developing a high speed rail system. Um, I'd like to know what your thoughts on that are and if there are any current maybe massive public transportation projects going on within the state of Alabama. Right, right, right. Well, so so here's the thing. I mean, it, it's interesting. So most of the U.S., most all of the U.S. outside of, you know, a few major cities, New York, Chicago, the, you know, the big places, right? We rely almost completely on the private automobile. I mean, I, I personally live in Birmingham. Birmingham's a you know, city of about a million people, and it doesn't have very much public transportation, certainly for a city that size. That's because the, the, the U.S. developed um, we're, we're, we're a relatively young country and society, and so much of our development happened after the automo automo the automobile was invented that um, that we really have have built our society, our cities, and certainly our suburbs around the car, right? And um, and it's a big country, so we built our long distance travel around airplanes and airports. Um, but anybody that's been through the Atlanta airport knows that it's congested. It's too busy. It's actually the busiest airport in the world. And anybody who drives on a roadway in any suburb or city in the US knows that the roads are too busy. They're too congested. So the push towards high-speed rail or the push towards public transportation, buses, metros, and that sort of thing, the idea is not to get rid of cars or, or get rid of airplanes and airports or replace them. It's basic systems engineering. If you put, it's also it's also common sense. You know, we've we've all heard the the um, the old saying, "Don't put all your eggs in one basket," right? 
unfortunately, as a as a society, American society has put all of its eggs in the car basket, right? And and we see what happens. We have a lot of crashes and a lot of traffic congestion. The goal of increasing public transportation is not to get rid of the car and 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 not allow people to use the car. But think about it: if a bus carries sixty people and you fill up a bus, that's 60 people not in traffic. So the more people you can move to um, public transportation, that's the less traffic congestion. And why is that good? Well, if, you're, if your traffic, if your roadways are less congested, then you don't have to invest money to widen them and build new lanes or build new roads. And I promise you, it is way more expensive to build roads than buy buses. Right. And so a similar thing in terms of uh, uh, long distance travel, like high speed rail. I mean, right now, part of the reason the airports are so crowded is people fly from Birmingham to Atlanta, business people. People fly from from uh, Atlanta to Memphis, Tennessee. Um, people also fly from Atlanta to Seattle. Right. Well, it really makes sense to fly from Atlanta to Seattle. But if there were high speed rail between Birmingham and Atlanta, people would take that. That doesn't mean that nobody would ever fly again. It just means that there would be less congestion because of people flying. So, so what you want in a system is you want multiple components of a system. It's what engineers call a system of systems. So you need a rail system and the air system, a road system and a public transportation system. And that way you have redundancy. Also, if one goes out, if something happens, um, you know, with, with a major airport, um, if you've got high-speed rail systems, you can still move people around quickly. Right. So 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 having multiple systems, honestly, is just good engineering and and a, and, a, and a good, more efficient way to organize society. We just haven't done that for the last 50 years. And, and so the reason all that seems to be becoming more popular is we're, we're now realizing that what we've been doing for the last 50 years is not working and we've got to change how we do it. Thank you again. Uh, I believe that is all the time we have. But Dr. Jones, thank you so much I for have joining us. Question. Of course, Mohammed, go ahead. Um, Dr. Jones. Yes. Um, I was wondering um, if you had any labs open for research for this summer. Um. So I'm not myself. I'm I, I'm not running any labs right now, and and I'm I'm kind of deal more now with the administrative level of the research but but again if you if you go to ati.edu you can see we actually have a list there's there's there on the banner there is a list of labs right and then in those labs you can see uh i mean some of those labs have have um have their own websites and so you can get a feel for what those labs do Typically, there's a contact. There's contact information for whatever professor might be running that lab, individual professor. And so, the best thing to do would be to contact individual professors about individual labs that match your interest. Okay. Thank you again, Dr. Jones, for joining us. We do appreciate it, and we would like to thank our listeners for tuning in. All right, happy to do it, guys. Good luck with the project. Good luck, Dr. Jones. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.